This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with Lizzo. Boy, she has a lot to say. Like a whole lot. By the way, today's conversation is coming at you courtesy of Total Wireless. Do amazing. Total Wireless. Rumors. We're going to talk about the new single featuring Cardi B and Chris Evans, Drake, and a whole lot more. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you care about. Thanks. Okay, here we go. Hi, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That's Dan. Hey. And we uh, welcome uh, via the Zoom box, Lizzo. Hey. <laughs> Zoom box. Yeah. Uh, fair to say that we're introducing a new era right now, correct? We're ushering a new era in. It's time. It is time. I'm back and I'm not going nowhere. So I hope you get used to it. <laughs> but this era is different, right, than any era previous because you're coming off of... I mean, I, in in my opinion, we're talking to a cultural icon, somebody who has really been in touch with culture from very early on to the point where, like, you made songs years before they were even popular. Like, you mm-hmm. you understand Timeless. So the world now knows that, that you understand Timeless. So does that create pressure when going into the studio to make what is about to come next? Well, no, because, you know, when it's in you you don't have to force it so it's like why start forcing it now the only thing i'll be nervous about is like wait is this album gonna be good two years from now (laughs) that's the only thing i'm worried about (laughs) were you worrying about that when you were making truth hurts and all those records that essentially existed in society but didn't really bubble and burst until years later like was timeless the focus then um, well, I think I like to make good music and I, and I really try to avoid things that are too trendy, um, unless I actually want to do them. So like, yeah, when I made Truth Hurts, I was like, this is the best song I've ever made. This song is incredible. And, you know, when people didn't people, and mind you, people did like the song. My fans liked the song. When I performed it at my tours, they went crazy. But when it didn't catch on globally like it did two years later, I wasn't like disappointed. I just was definitely like, huh, okay, so let me just keep going harder. Let me keep writing songs that are going to connect. Little did I know I already did that. It just needed to take some time. Like That's like the crazy thing here is that like, so as we go through all of the different eras from, I mean, we can go, by the way, like, really big fan of your work so i could go back really really far to like even the first girl group you started when you were super young but we won't do that because we're on a time constraint and we have a whole new era to discuss. Yeah. but really like it's like correct me if i'm wrong it's like coconut oil and because i love you but big girl small world kind of leads into coconut oil but you, you you change your sound sonically between big girl small world and coconut oil correct yeah drastically yeah 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, I know you have a question. I cut no, you off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I um, I, I, why? What happens in life? What hits you? What, what, what? I mean, there has to be some sort of epiphany because you were going down one path, but you didn't really divert completely. You just kind of took a little offshoot. Yeah. Um. Well, I think a couple things happened. I think my intention as an artist changed. I used to be when I made Lizzo bangers, which was my first like solo endeavor, I had this horrible writer's block. And because I was in these girl groups and, you know, I was sharing my story and sharing my voice with other people, which was great for a while, but I had so much pent up emotion and anger and feelings and love and fear, all these feelings on my chest. And Lizzo bangers was just me going like, blah, like this is, it was very like, stream of conscious, just writing everything I've always wanted to say, literally wrote it down in a notepad. And, you know, it was very selfish and it was very focused on me. And the big girl, small world was that 2.0. But I was like, let me get artsy. I want to make artsy music, you know? And I think I wrote a song on big girl, small world called my skin. And that song was, you know, in, a reaction to the uh, police killing of Jamar Clark in Minneapolis that was down the street from my house on the north side. And it was a um, kind of like a battle cry for all the people who were leading the front lines of Black Lives Matter. It was a direct response to an interview I did where I took my clothes off and I had to talk about my body dysmorphia and my relationship with my body. And I wrote that and that connected with people on such a large scale, I was like, oh, this is important. And I think that my purpose kind of shifted from being like, I wanna be artsy. I wanna rap as fast as I can. Let me say everything I always wanted to say to, how does my music make me feel? How does my music make people feel? And I also decided I wanna be a great songwriter. And just because I'm rapping and writing, music doesn't mean that I'm a songwriter. And I think that I really started to focus in and hone in on my songwriting skills in between Big Girl, Small World and Coconut Oil. God, that gives me chills because you go from making music for yourself to making music with a purpose that does help you, but does so much for the community and the society around you. And, mm -hmm. you know, we had just super brief. We had a one drunken interaction one time at a Halloween party that a mutual friend threw. And I said that to you and you were dressed as a DNA test. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm probably like a bottle of vin, And I'm just like, you, <laughs> I said that to you because it, it is and to hear you say it in your own words, right. Then it really your music. You Ariana Grande's house. Yes. <laughs> you remember? Get out of yeah. Here. Uh, um. No, but it's uh. It, it is. Do you feel like your music is any less yours though? As you go into coconut oil, as you go into "Cause I Love You," like even as you're writing it and making it in the moment, are you making it for you? Or do you know that you're making it for other people? Like with my skin, it has to be a combination of both, right? Yes. Um, I think the music is definitely mine because I'm not creating it with 
the intention to please anyone else. Like I'm still, I've realized when I've created, you know, um, the narrative and, and the precedent that helping me helps others, you know, versus not helping you guys helps me. It's like, no, helping me helps the world. And I think everyone should think that way. I think like how much better of a friend and a partner and a sibling or a father or a parent or whatever you are when you're taking care of yourself first, when you're in a good mood, when you're happy, you know, it's that mentality, but into my music. So it's like, I needed to heal from this. So I know somebody else need to heal. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that I'm making it for others, but I'm just sharing it, you know? And that makes me feel even better because I'm a Taurus. I love sharing. I love giving gifts. That's my love language. So it's like, if I can create this thing that is inherently helping me and I can share it as a gift and it helps others, then I'm truly happy. Yeah. That's like, yeah, you can't, it's hard to match that, right? That feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No better feeling. How do you take that mentality, inject it into whatever's about to come next? Obviously we've heard rumors, but that's it. (laughs) Um, well, I think that I have to go through life. I think if I was just doing promo and press all the time, I don't know if I would be able to write that kind of music anymore because my life would be so not, it would be so controlled and so kind of like, I wouldn't, I would be so protected that life wouldn't be able to come in, you know? Um, all of my conversations will be controlled. They wouldn't be as free to like experience life and make mistakes. And, you know, so I feel like the last two years I intentionally was like, okay, I mean, I know that we also suffered from a pandemic and we were all subjected to a lockdown, but I also, regardless of that, I would have been okay. No more. I need to focus on life life needs to happen so that I can write these songs to get me through it. Is that really, is that the trick you blow up in this huge way, but keeping normalcy as a true creative who wants to, yes, stay in touch with their peers, but also like stay in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like is the, should the goal be to kind of not isolate, but stay grounded, stay normal at all costs. Like no matter what those costs are. Yeah, I mean, but everyone's different. I think every there's so many different kinds of artists out there and I appreciate all of them. Me personally, I am not concerned with staying relevant to the social zeitgeist. I am concerned with my joy. I know that like the music that I make is true to me. It's timeless, it's classic. So no matter when it comes out, people are either going to feel it or not. So I think that gave me a little bit more um, cushion for taking my time. The fact that I wasn't worried like, oh God, people are going to forget about me. And if they do forget about me, they, they gonna remember when this new song drop. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like I have confidence in, in my artistry and in my ability to reflect the times and to mean something when I'm back. Hey, beautiful human, I gotta hit pause real quick to talk about 
mental health. Mental health is the same as our physical health. We got to treat it the same way. I've been going to therapy for the last few months and it's changed my life for the better. So if you, friend, are feeling depressed or struggling with uncertainty or having difficulty sleeping, BetterHelp offers experienced therapists who can listen and help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional. You can start communicating with somebody in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help thing. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log in to your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You're going to get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy, ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free, free to change counselors if you need. And get this, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The Zach Sang Show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, and our listeners are getting 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash Zach Sang. That is betterhelp.com slash Zach Sang. Get matched with a BetterHelp therapist and get started. has to come from somewhere how do you acquire that confidence because there has to be somewhere in your mind initially like this oh, i got to do anything to stay relevant because i have i have something that's here and i got to just kind of keep it going do you get what i'm saying yeah Somebody well what? i think it comes from being um nerd <laughs> like i i was never like obsessed with social hierarchy or being popular um growing up because that just wasn't given to me like I was definitely always an outsider and I always st will still feel like an outsider and an outcast. And um, I think that that humbles me in a way, because if I was like, you know, prom queen or the head cheerleader of the music industry, I would feel a lot of social pressure, but I don't because I'm literally like the nerd in the band in the stands, like looking like, you know, waving at my mom with my piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> so Lizzo, when you're writing rumors, are you writing it for like thinking, okay, what's it going to, how, how are people going to take this now? Are you thinking about now and a year from now and two years from now and 10 years from now, or what is it? No, I think I was more so just like, uh, I'm just so sick of always being the bigger person. <laughs> I'm sick of holding my tongue. And, you know, it's funny because I finished writing rumors in February but there's like seven more there's seven new rumors out that i could have included in the song but i didn't <laughs> and i'm almost like damn there's always gonna be something for somebody to say um i think it was that was more the energy i wasn't really writing it for uh, like any type of like time period the only thing in the song is wait until the summer when they let me out the house I wrote it in February for people wondering why I put that line in there. That's why, because I could not wait. I said, my ass is going to be out all summer. They're going to be mad. And it is, and it was. And people who hear the song are going to be like, yeah, well, she's a woman of her word because she had a string bikini on for, <laughs> for Juneteenth. <laughs> well, you also said they, that I sh they said I should watch the stuff I post. Do you post things because it makes you feel good? Or are you posting things kind of saying like, Oh, you don't think I should post this? F you, I'm posting it anyway. Um, <laughs> I post things because I, 
<laughs> I post things because I look good in them and I'm confident about them or I think they're funny. Um, it is very self-satisfying. Like my social media is very selfish. Like my TikToks make me laugh. My Instagram posts, I'm like, I'm cute in this. Like it's all for me. Um, but I think a lot of people, their opinion is I shouldn't be posting twerk videos. I shouldn't be running around with my booty cheeks out. I'm like, it's all, it's my yacht. It's my yacht. My booty cheeks can be wherever my booty cheeks want to be on my yacht. And if I want to post it on my page, it's going on my page. It's my space. <laughs> so I think I have that energy sometimes too when I'm posting. I'm like, oh, they're going to be mad, but I don't care because I'm, I'm cute. I'm cute as hell. And I just go, boop. But you <laughs> adapt that more on a large scale in society? Make social media for you. Do it for you. Like do it because like you're, it makes you laugh. It makes you feel good. You feel like you look good here. So you share it as opposed to, I feel like people do social media for other people consistently. You know, it's very, yeah, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I mean, it used to be for us, like yeah. social media used to be like, if you think about MySpace or like black planet or Facebook, like people had like their own little pages. And it was just like, this is my page. Welcome to my page. I'm going to decorate it how I want to decorate. It. I have my song and my top eight. And I think, um, somewhere along the way we have become dependent on social media. And honestly, it's not easy to, to just flip that switch and be like, okay, I'm doing this for me now. When literally some people's entire livelihoods and, and income come from social media at a certain point, it's like, I don't want to get up and go to my job every day, but I got to make this money. So I see that a lot with influencers and, and people who have like, you know, social media presence that, that generates income. Like there's a lot of like, it's work. Let me get up and do this for y'all. Even though I don't want to. It ruins it. It really does. It really puts a strain on it. Well, Lizzo, knowing you had, this is prior to the song coming out, knowing that you had a song out called Rumors, is that why you started your own pregnancy rumor with Chris Evans? <laughs> I didn't start that rumor. TikTok did. <laughs> I just, I added fuel to the fire of that rumor. Um, no, you know what really triggered me was I was getting sick and tired of hearing about this rumor that I stage dived and I killed somebody when I've never staged dived a day of my life because I awake, I'm very aware of the space that I take up. And I'm also very aware that I'm a woman. I've seen enough stage dive videos of women to be like, I ain't doing that. Really so true. I've never done it. And then I was like, kill somebody. When did y'all get so dark? And I kind of went on a little rant. And then in the comments, they were like, well, we know you pregnant with Chris Evans' baby. And I said, oh, gosh, let me just end this one right now. But then instead of ending it, you know, everything I do is a little tongue in cheek. And, you know, I decided to show off my little belly. <laughs> People still don't know if I'm joking or not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Do you ever think that it is crazy that music has brought you to a place where you have the ability to toy with society, to, to, Yes, you're a part of culture, but like there's a back and forth that is rather instant with the masses that very few have like hold of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Does that surprise you? Does that shock you? Um, I'm grateful for it. I'm I'm grateful that it's like I was saying, like, we 
feel like we need social media, but I feel like social media need me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I've taken the power back, yes. you know, it's like my page is not exciting unless I am excited about my page, you know, and I own everything that, you know, happens or that is said, whether it's true or not. I take ownership of it because it's about me and I can choose to throw it away or I can choose to turn it into gold. And I have spun all of these rumors and all of that backlash that I've received. I've just chosen to spin it into gold and hopefully gold in the shape of a horn with a black bottom and it rhymes with Lammy. <laughs> how, do you, how do you prepare to go into a studio? Do you go with lyrics ready do you go in blank slate like what what is your process like is there even one way to do it or there's multiple ways to do it so i am so crazy like i'll be sitting with friends and i'll say something conversationally and be like oh i gotta write that down and i write it down because a lot of my songs are so conversational it's just like it feels like you're talking to me when you listen to it so and then some days i'm sitting i'm like oh you know what i want to write a song about and i'll do it or some days i'm just in my car singing and, and freestyling and i'll record that and then i'll go into the studio with that prompt but i've been working on music for so long now that kind of halfway through the process i was like okay let me i've written about everything you know i wrote a, i wrote a song about you know, a, a turkey sandwich. Let me, let me, you know, it's like, there's only so much you can give. So then now I just freestyle. And I think freestyling is such an incredible tool. It's a different part of your brain than when you're reciting a rap. Um, that's like study, like studies have shown that. So when you're in there, I kind of feel like I'm connected to a higher source. And like a lot of times the first thing that comes out of my mouth is like magic. And I'm like, where did this even come from? You know, it sounds like gibberish to me sometimes when I listen to it, I'm like, no, I didn't just say that. That's a, that's a whole sermon. <laughs> are you doing that to a beat production instrumental? Like, or are you just going like cold? nothing no I, I normally do it to music um it depends like i don't like just getting beats from people i like building music from the ground up so a lot of times like the producer of rumors is ricky reed so a lot of times ricky will come in with like a guitar loop or he'll come in with like a synth sound already done no drums and we can just build on top of that um but yeah that that's my favorite way to work ricky is a connection a through line to your music to a certain degree right like i mean at least the recent bodies of work what yes. is what what is it about the two of you i mean clearly you feel safe and you feel like you can share and you can have ideas and good ideas and tell him that his ideas suck right like <laughs> that's what you need um definitely i feel like that takes time to get to that point and we did not actually we met and wrote worship and then after that we wrote good as hell and that's the type of stuff that it's like you can't really learn that that's like a very natural chemistry and he brought something out of me that i didn't know that i had because i was just set on being a rapper and i was like i'm a rapper and i can hold a note so i'll, I'll do i'll sing my my hooks but I'll never belt or go outside of my vocal range that I thought was this short. I got a five octave range. I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's like, he, he was like, you know how to sing? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll be singing or whatever. And then I sang worship like, yeah, 
that? I was like, where is this coming from? So um, what I liked about him is that he dug deep and saw something in me that I didn't see. And those are my favorite collaborators. Cause as you know, I still see myself as a nerd who can't sing. Like that's just, that's just me. So I work with people from my stylists to producers, um, to collaborators on songs that look at me and see something I can't. They're like, you know, talk your, you can say something like this, or you can sing good, or you can wear your ass out, you know, and, and you can wear designer and have all these great designers make things just for your body. Like these people are seeing it in me. And I'm so appreciative of that. And Ricky does that for me. Isn't that like the core of any incredible relationship is the ability to bring out the best in you, but also each other, right? Like, because I'm sure you're challenging them in new ways and bringing them success and, and new hurdles to overcome, you know, I mean, yeah, the journey that everybody's on together. That's yeah, that's, that's very deep and very real. That's why my relationships are the most important thing to me. Um, I'm a very relationship based person. And even in like, if you even go down to my chart, like my purpose, I think is to reimagine relationships and, and how they work for people. Um, I feel like we're taught a lot about relationships in a way that's unhealthy and almost sometimes opposite to the way that they're supposed to be, you know, but relationships are supposed to be symbiotic and they are supposed to give, you know, you're not supposed to bleed out for somebody that you're supposed to inspire them as much as they're inspiring you and give to them as much as they're giving you. Yeah. When's your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> um, April 27th. I'm a Taurus with a Virgo moon, a Leo rising. You're a Taurus. Nice. Yes. I'm May 2nd. Nice. Oh, you're a May Taurus. You guys are great. You guys are a little, y'all are this, y'all are a little, you got a little, y'all are interesting. Y'all a little darker than a, than an April Taurus. <laughs> real quick. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm very much my chart. <laughs> very much. Those relationships as you progress in life and obviously like, you know, they become more and more sacred and more and more rare and hard to come by and, you know, clearly something special there. Do you feel confident walking into a studio with someone like Mark Ronson or does that still make you nervous? Um, <laughs> Mark is like <clears throat> pretty legendary. Yeah. But I'll say meeting him was, was more intimidating than working with him because when you work with him and when he's ready to work, he is like, it's like you're working with a producer who's getting his first big break. It's so weird. Like he has that energy about him where he's just like, well, can we throw spaghetti at the wall? Can we try, you know? And then when he's got it, he's like, oh, like he's excited. He's not like, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm Mark Ronson. Hell yeah. Sprinkle that. Like he's not like that at all. And I think that that is so, I have to remind him. I'm like, that's why you're a legend boy. Like <laughs> I'll be hyping him up. Cause I'm like, wow, you have no ego. You're so humble. And I think, Ego in a studio fills that thing up real quick, you know? And I think like some of the best or the best actual like creators and artists check their ego way outside the door and they come in and they fill up the space with creativity. Is that something you learned from him? No, I mean, we just started working together. I'm, I'm grown, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I do feel like what he did was remind me like, you know, you could sing, 
you know, like you, you can go off. And um, he reminded me of who I am and he took me back to a really special place. You need that as you enter into this new era because, because I love you and everything that comes before it is pretty freaking legendary. So without saying it, I'm going to say it, but I'm also going to say it. There is pressure attached to this release to a certain degree. I mean, granted, it's not a sophomore album. You know, obviously we're on, I think this is number four that would be coming, correct? Technically, this is my fourth body of work. What's up, Bangers, Big Girl, Coconut, Because I, I Love You. This is my fifth, this is my fifth body of work. <laughs> Um, not counting the girl groups and not counting my rock band and not counting my electro pop days. So (laughs) there's a long, I've been doing this a long time, baby. (laughs) But but this is different though, because like, you know, we're coming off Grammy wins. We're coming off of, I mean, really incredible songs. So like, obviously is there a dip, is the album done? No, the album's not done. I have zillions of songs, but they're not. I, the story isn't complete. So I got some great music, too. I'm like, dang, I want to put it out. But I got to make sure it's right. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what story you're looking to tell right now? It's hard to say because everything keeps changing. Like, I am changing. I've been through some major changes in the last year, and I... I'm a completely different person this year um, in a lot of ways. So I just want to make sure I'm honoring her. I'm honoring that. Is there still a lot of flute on this album? <laughs> Come on with the questions. Um, no, there's no flute. I have some songs that have flute. I don't know if they're strong enough to make the album. So now at this point, I just feel like I'm going to have to just, uh, I'm going to have to pay Sasha her fee. Sasha Flute has a crazy studio fee. It's insane. So we're going to have to come out of the budget, the recording budget, and like I have to call Atlantic Records because I'm going to have to just put her on a song as a feature because she won't come to the studio. I'm like, yo, just come. It's down the street. Just show up and just like lay some notes down. And she's like, I'm not going to be on it unless it's a hit. You got to give me a hit. I said, Sasha, you was on one song. You was on one song, and now you think you that David Letterman held you once. <laughs> and now you think you could charge me 50K for a verse, no album mouth? <laughs> so I, I think we're going to have to just make it work. Pray for me, y'all, because she's a diva. <laughs> how do you, how do you, like, are you looking for every song to be a single? Like, what, like, how do you know when it's done, essentially? I, I got some I got some hits on my belt. I got some hits on my belt. Um, I don't go in the studio trying to be like, all right, y'all, we got to do it, you know? But I do go in the studio, and at the end of the day, I'm like, we got one. Like, I don't know why and I don't know how, but every time we go in, we just come out. I think it's just the process. I work with really talented people. I work with hit makers, and I think that, you know, when we really trust our instinct, we make something that hits to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing about music hits. You feel no pain and you got to be in a studio going, oof. And I don't think we like to follow through with something unless it hits, you know? I get that. And it's an emotional reaction that you're looking for out of yourself? Yes. Like, I, there's a moment with every song that where it's like the puzzle piece just goes, 
Sometimes it's in the, when I finish the bridge, sometimes it's the last line of verse two. Sometimes it's just hook harmonies or a line in the, in the chorus. And it just feels like, like a puzzle gets locked in. And I'm like, Ooh, like I look around like, Ooh, y'all, it just hit me. It just hit me for rumors. When we said, wait until the summer, when they let me out the house, Literally, Ricky Reed threw his keyboard and I was like, oh, God, what have we done? What have we done? Like, it's that moment that, you know, you got something special. What was the reaction when you wrote, no, I ain't smashed Drake yet? <laughs> that was one of those things where it was like, should I say this? Yeah, let's just say it. And then for me, I was like, let's just say it and then we'll we'll beat it we'll come up with a line to beat it. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, go ahead and talk to your bro. Because <laughs> I was scared. I was like, wait a minute. I'll, you know, I'm, I put, I'm TMI, but I'm a, I'm a very careful TMI. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell you too much information, but it's the information that I think you can handle. But if I think you can't handle it, I'll keep it to myself. So I don't know if the world is ready to handle that. <laughs> Thank you for taking our feelings into consideration and our emotions. We <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, please listen to Rumors featuring Cardi B. There's a link in the description below. Um, album time, when it happens, our studio's open. We'd love to share the whole thing on the radio. Uh, I really, you know, genuinely, I, you're... You're one of the greatest artists of our generation, and I really appreciate you. And I'm telling you sober this time uh, and not in costume. Uh, you're extraordinary, and thank you for existing and sharing your art and your story through it. You're really, yeah, you, you're amazing. So thank you, Lizzo. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good day and stay safe. You, you too. too. Peace and love. Bye. Hey, beautiful human, thanks for joining our conversation with Lizzo. We appreciate you. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with those you care about, and let us know who we should talk to next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Please be safe, hug your family if you can. Don't go to jail and have an amazing day. We'll talk to you soon.